So mom is a very crafty lady. Yes, she, she loves is. to wrap gifts. She loves to make her own decorations. Yeah, likes to. She also does like refurbishes furniture. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, she's got a lot of talents. She's into the DIY. Yes, yeah, she is into the DIY. And probably a couple weeks ago, come downstairs, and I see what looks like a giant blunt <laughs> on the table. <laughs> Yay! I'd forgotten about this. <laughs> I see. I see what looks like a giant blunt on the table. I sent Alyssa a picture of it. It looked like a Snoop Dogg level. And blunt. she replied, was, "Is Snoop Dogg there?" I d- it, it was like massive. Like you need a whole hand, if not two, to hold it. And I was like, "What is this?" And she said, "Oh, I found out how to make my own incense." In in hold on. I always say it wrong. Incense. 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 Yeah. Incense. I want to say incest. In- yeah, it's incense. Not, in- not incest. No. She incense. made her own yeah. incest. Inc- <laughs> incense. Which incense. essentially people don't know is like a lot of people use it in their homes to, it's supposed to like purify and. It's kind of like aromatherapy right. in a way. Yeah. It's supposed to put things into the air. Yes. Anyways, she found out how to make her own. So she rolled up rosemary lavender and like thyme into a giant blunt <laughs> and then she lit it starts walking around the house with it and it immediately smells like weed and the whole house smells like just straight weed you've, and, been, you've been smoking too many joints and i had changed i had to go to work i had changed i was in my work clothes and she comes right by me with it and i'm like mom my clothes are gonna smell like weed and yeah. she goes does is that what it smells like I said, yes, it smells like straight up weed. It smells like you're smoking a fat blood in the house. And she walked around the entire house with it. And then she's like, oh, I'll stop using it. And she blows it out, wraps it up, and puts it on the stove. I'm like, she's going to use it later. I just knew. (laughs) Yeah. And literally, I walked out of that house, and it smelled like going to, like, a house party in East Lansing. Yeah. It just, like, reeks of weed. Yeah. And I left. I went to work. I came home, and it smelled stronger. And I was like... She's like, I, oh, I just lit it again and walked around the house. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with weed. No. Do you think she's, like, subconsciously trying to, like, maybe if I get the smell in the house, then they won't know. Like, you think she's smoking weed? Yeah, getting a little, you know. Maybe. Getting a little puff or two here or there. <laughs> she's trying to mask the smell. But, like, yeah. So, for an entire, like, 48 hours, our house smelled like a college... Frat party. Frat party house. Yeah. Straight up weed. Yeah. And I mean, I said, it looks like a giant blunt. She goes, does it really? I said, yes. Like, mama, what? You can't feign ignorance and innocence all the time. We know you've seen a blunt. We know you know what weed looks like. You know what it smells like. And you know what it smells like. Well, it's not like there wasn't weed when she was growing up. My favorite is kind of in a similar time frame. I came back home for like a weekend. I don't know, we went and got uh, Irma's, this really good frozen custard, and we were standing in line. It was the longest line we uh, I had ever seen at the place. We waited for like 45 minutes. We waited so long, and at a certain point she just goes, it smells like a skunk. And I'm like, well, it's probably weed, because you know, it's legal here. Yes. She was like, oh, okay. But I like, I like how every time there's weed anywhere, at any concert we've ever been with her, anytime there's anything that's very clearly weed, she always goes, it smells like a skunk. You were alive in the 80s. Right. In the 70s. 
And the 60s. So you you may have been a child, but you know. But she knows. You know. You know. The devil's lettuce. <laughs> but yeah, so I just thought, that's just one of those DIYs that maybe didn't go so as well. smoothly as planned. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I think this is like a subliminal message. Like. Maybe. She's trying to mask her, the weed smell maybe with she, weed smell. Weed smell. <laughs> maybe she's trying to grow it. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh, you got any secret growing spots? You know, any rooms that you haven't been in in a while? That's her newest venture. In the basement? Maybe. She wants to renovate the basement she's re- a little bit. She's redoing she's the basement. She's redoing the basement, but what is she doing to it? She's making a weed garden. I mean, you can have, how many plants can you have? Like six or I something? I don't know how many it is. Yeah, maybe she's going for her, her legal weed limit. She's cashing in. You never know. It's a person you medium suspect. Yes. So it's always Phyllis. So it's Phyllis. Welcome. This is Research Ranker Pete. I am one of your co-hosts, Alyssa. This is co-host Hannah. We are back with another week of a random topic you probably were not expecting and didn't ask for, but we're going to give it to you anyway. They seldom ask for what we give them. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So this is a bit weird. Did I suggest this? I believe you suggested it and then I brought it back up because it was suggested a while ago. So... We grew up with many different toys and um, games and items, but one thing that stood out, had a very special place in our heart, is the brand of dolls known as American Girls, or the American Girl Dolls. Now, they are very expensive. And somehow, Hannah and I each had four American Girl dolls. We had eight. I learned recently through my mother, who purchased most of them, who purchased all of them, that the only reason she was able to purchase so many was because a family member worked for Mattel, Mattel, who yeah. owned American Girl and Lego and Lego and yeah. every all the all these toys. And because of that family member, my mom got like a. 30 or 40 percent discount on all their items everything yeah so the only reason she says that she could buy as many is because they were half off because they are in their clothing their furniture they had accessories yeah expensive and our grandma used to actually sew american girl doll clothes for us because probably because my mom was like telling her how expensive this stuff is she also she made us a horse yes you remember this yes it was a american girl doll-sized horse made of like she sewed like sewed yep. it with like horse features and a tail and stuff like it was like a legit horse she was just like all right here's a horse right <laughs> like oh okay thanks grandma certainly an expansion <laughs> starting early it's this is like a early night mm-hmm. recording for us it's like 7 30 yeah well i gotta work tomorrow so yeah it's it is halloween it's also halloween while we're recording spooky so happy halloween witches <laughs> yes um anyways i'm off i'm on a tangent now but yeah it was an expensive <laughs> again okay it was an expensive um gift and we usually it was we got them as gifts it was either for birthdays or christmases we didn't like just get american girl little stuff on a whim it was special occasion things but 
as an adult looking back, I was like, Jesus, we had a lot. Yeah, we had a lot. There's also, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. And we're not going to sit here and rank 80 plus. Yeah, we're not going to do every single doll because there's the original historic line. They had more contemporary lines every year since 2001 or two. They have done a girl of the year. We're not going to rank every single one because that would be ridiculous and nobody wants that. We don't even want that. So what we decided to do is we are just doing the line that is currently called the Be Forever line, which is essentially their historic collection. And we also are including any dolls of ours that were not in that collection. So there are 14 dolls in total that we're going to be ranking today. Um, before we do, though, we, we're going to go into some background in case some people might not be familiar with what American Girl Dolls is. Yes, what the brand is. So I've got some background about the company itself. And then we're also going to do background on each of the dolls, their individual background yes. before we rank. The American Girl Dolls is a line of 18-inch uh, dolls that were released on May 5th. 1986 by the Pleasant Company, which is now a subsidiary of Mattel. So the girls are ranged from the age of 8 to 12 throughout different time periods. And initially it started out as um, historical based on American history, but they also do swifted, shifted to doing some more contemporary and modern day girls as well. Uh, they also are the producers of the Bitty Baby dolls, which Hannah and I had as children, which is essentially a slightly smaller doll that is like a newborn or like an infant. And also they have a create your own line where you can make your own doll, like custom make it to whatever you want it to look like. I just like to say, sorry to cut you off. That's fine. If anyone had a Bitty Baby, you know what I'm talking about when we ask how did the liquid in that bottle suddenly <laughs> disappear over the years? I don't understand. Just yeah, ask. the Bitty Baby bottles, yeah, like, the liquid would just, over time, evaporate somehow, even though it was trapped. Yes. Made no sense. Sorry, continue. Also, I'd like to point out that somebody, I can't remember who, learned to tie shoes with Bitty Baby feet. Was it you? Yes. Okay. I learned how to braid hair on my American Girl doll, so, you know, coming in handy. The dolls are accompanied with books that deal with many different social, economic, um issues and things such as child labor, abuse, poverty, racism, slavery, war, and many other things. So in 1994 is when they started their more contemporary line and the American Girl of the Year started in the year 2000. I think it was one. 2001. Yep. So the historical line was rebooted in 2014 and rebranded as the Be Forever line, and it included redesigned outfits for all of the original girls. And there actually is one American boy. His name is Logan, and he debuted in 2017 in the contemporary line as a um, bandmate of a girl who is like a country singer. So in 2004, they also started a movie collection of movies based on the American Girls stories from their books. It was done with Julia Roberts Production Company. There actually are 10 movies produced, and many of them feature notable actresses, mm -hmm. um, including Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, really? 
Yeah, in 2015, she played one of the girls. There also is, like, Abigail Breslin, uh, um, Anna Sophia Robb. Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. So, um, they were direct-to-TV movies, but they had, like, good child actresses. There also is the American Girl doll store and cafe. The first one opened in Chicago in 1998, and Hannah and I have been there. Yes, we have. We did, took a little girls' trip vacay with my mom's best friend and her daughter and a friend, and we went to Chicago uh, over, I think it was spring break, maybe. Yeah, we went. We went to the, they have a cafe. We ate at the cafe. You, you bring your dolls with you. They eat with you. You There's like a stage show. It, it was cool. We shot, shot a magazine cover. We shot a magazine cover. Uh, it was a great time. They also have many other stores, though, in multiple cities, and they had a few international stores, but they've closed most of those. I think there's one international store left. They also uh, started a magazine line in 1992 that would do monthly editions featuring the new girls, new accessories, new equipment, and stuff, and that actually ended in January of 2019. Now, now here's the fun part. We're going to talk about criticism about the American Girls. The first criticism is the cost. Currently, the dolls cost $115 alone for just the doll. That doesn't include any accessories, any clothing, any additional furniture, anything like that. There was a a comment in the Wikipedia article I was reading that said, like, if you go to the American Girl doll store and you buy stuff and you go to the cafe, you could spend over $600, like, just for all that stuff alone. Some other things that are controversial is um, Addie, who is the first African-American doll, was a slave. People took some issues with that, just based on the subject nature. There is the American Girl doll of the year named Marisol, who's a Latina in Chicago. And in the book, people were offended because they referred to a neighborhood as being dangerous. And the resident said that it was like a misconstrued comment that seemed like racially motivated. Um, and the American Girl Company said that that was just like, it's, it seemed to be a mis- misunderstanding and that was not intentional. In 2009, they debuted Gwen, who was homeless. <laughs> and in 2005, um, several... <laughs> it's not funny. It's not, but... <laughs> In 2005, several pro-life and Catholic groups were mad that the American Girl doll brand donated to a company called Girls Inc., which supports underprivileged girls and, quotes, promotes abortion and LGBTQ rights. So, you know, gotta love that. Gotta love it. Um, There was also some controversy after they discontinued several dolls and majority of those dolls discontinued were um, minority characters, um, one being uh, African-American, one being Chinese-American. People also think the contemporary line lacks like the depth and important issues that previous um, historical figures tackled and dealt with. (laughs) In July of 2020, there was an internet meme of a create-your-own doll named Karen, who is equipped with a tracksuit, a bob haircut, and has a semi-automatic pistol and is not following mass guidelines. American Girl Company was very upset by this, and they were really mad, and they were trying to sue whoever made it, but I don't think anything came of that. The other controversy is that in February of 2017, the company announced that they would be permanently stitching underwear onto the dolls, 
that they would just stitch, quote, stitched panties would be included on the dolls. Um, people rightfully got mad about that and said, why is this necessary? And also because of the collector's value, you were like ruining it by making it like tacky. <laughs> you gotta let it breathe sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Plus like also, here's the thing. If it's like a... I don't know, an issue with, like, modesty. Like, girls have to put on underwear. We don't wear them 24-7. Like, you have to take them on and off. So I don't get, like, I don't understand how that's an issue. But anyway, so by May 2017, several months later, they went, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. So they listened to the critics. So actually, there also is a surprisingly large American Girl fan community. In 2015, um, there was a influx of YouTube stop-motion videos, including the American Girl dolls, like, in a stop-motion way. It's referred to as AGSM, American Girl Stop Motion. There also is, like, unboxing, like, an unboxing community, and there's also American Girl Instagram community that will post, like, the dolls in, you know, scenarios and, like, people with their dolls. It's called AGIG. Uh, there also is an American Girls podcast created in 2019 that focuses on the books of the dolls, where they read and discuss the books. They also have a pretty wide variety of different cultures and races and religions. Um, one of the newest girls of the year was deaf, so she came with a, an attachable hearing aid. So they have maybe not started off having a range of different identities that girls can, you know, connect with, but they expanded to allow for more. But still, it is heavily skewed to girls being white, just just as a disclaimer. I find it interesting when I was reading through the background on each girl, the only characters that were portrayed in, like, film and television have mostly been the white girls. Yeah, I noticed I that, I didn't too. really notice any of the people from other backgrounds. And another thing which you touched on, the money factor. Yeah. Part of the shame of it is that I think it's nice for people to have, like, dolls that represent them. Yes. But to make it only accessible to people who have the money to be able to purchase to be it. Able to, or have family connections that they can, right. you know, purchase. It kind money. of defeats the purpose in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I does. also think, too, like, you know, I, I read some stuff about, like, certain... One of the books, like, included, like, disability rights. Like, it, it's yeah. interesting because you do get these characters who it's like for girls they can maybe find a character that they can relate with or connect mm-hmm. with which i think is nice but again i think there is still issues like undertone issues with yeah. it being accessible to everyone and like you said they've discontinued a lot of like minority yes characters like dolls and stuff like that right so yeah. you know that's also a shame right some of these dolls that we're talking about have been discontinued and i mean honor majority of the girls on our list are white with the line that we're doing. The historical line tends to be pretty skewed. Basically like any history class you've ever been in an American school. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, so we're going to go through now and just uh, give a brief discussion about each of the girls that we're doing. All right, I'll start since you just did that. Okay. So first, and this is fitting because this is a doll that I had. Yes. So this is Kirsten Larson. She was from the historical line, and she was retired before the Be Forever rename. Her doll ran from 1986 to 2010. I just want to point out that there were three dolls released in the initial run. Yes. The first three that we'll discuss were all released at the same time. So yes. it started with three dolls. 
So her doll is created by Janet Beeler Shaw. Um, her character is born in 1845. And she's a Swedish immigrant who settled in the Minnesota Territory with her family in 1854. Um, Her story revolves around facing hardships and sort of the adjustment to life in America, learning to speak English, coming from a different country. So she attends a single-room schoolhouse, and her family tries to preserve their traditions from Sweden while trying to adapt to an American lifestyle. She's described as brave, um, someone who makes mistakes, stubborn, but has a strong will. So she is a white blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl. Swedish girl. Swedish girl. Yes. Yes. So that is Kirsten. Are you going to give a description of just, like, what her outfit looks like? Oh, yeah. So her outfit is very, think, like... Little um, House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. Like, she's got the dress that has, like, the white collar at the top. The apron. Apron, like, very much Little House on the Prairie... I mean, 18, 1850s, yes. like, look. Yes. And she's got the... Uh, she's got the swoop braids. Braids. Yeah, swoop, swoop braids. braids going on. I always really like, she had these uh, little brown boots. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, because this those. was a doll that I that I had. So, the next doll on the list is uh, one of my dolls. So, this works out. So, um, the next girl is Samantha Parkington, who um, original run was from 1986 to 2009, and then she was re-released in the Be Forever line in 2014 and is currently available. Sorry, you said 1996. (laughs) Sorry, 1986 to 2009. Same run, same start date as uh, Kirsten. So she was created by Susan S. Adler and Valerie Tripp. She had a movie created from her character and was portrayed by Anna Sophia Robb. She was born in 1895, the only child growing up during the Edwardian period, but the American girl designed her as Victorian inspired. So she was orphaned at the age at age five. Her parents died in a boating accident and was raised by her wealthy grandmother in New York. She befriends a servant girl named Nellie, and eventually um, Nellie is adopted by her aunt and uncle. The themes from her book include women's suffrage, child labor, and classism. She's one of the first three dolls, and her attitude and personality trait is described as being curious, bold, mischievous, loyal, and helpful. So, the best way I can describe her look is, like, the preppy, like, rich bitch. She's got this, like, checker pattern dress, like, pleated with this belt and this big bow in her hair and black tights. That's, is there any other descriptor? That she needs brown hair. Oh, she's got like dark brown hair, brown eyes, um, also white. Yeah. Yep. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Why did I get her? <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right. So next we've got Molly McIntyre. She was created in 1986 and ran till 2014 and then was reintroduced for a year from 2018 to 2019. She was created by Valerie Tripp. She was portrayed in a movie by Maya Ritter. Her character was born in 1934, and she lives in a fictional city named Jefferson in the state of Illinois during the later years of World War II. So her father is stationed in England as a doctor who cares for the soldiers, and her mother works um, for the Red Cross. She comes from a Scottish-American family, and her and her three siblings are cared for by a housekeeper mostly. Um, Her series focuses on patriotism, changes that come with war, and she was one of the first three dolls. Uh, so she's often seen as 
getting in disagreements with her siblings, being rude to other girls. <laughs> and she wants to be unique. She's seen as like a schemer, but she's very lively. Um, <laughs> her description. <laughs> she looks like the girl in elementary school that no one liked. <laughs> I mean, she looks annoying. She looks annoying. Not So she has glasses, and which nothing wrong with glasses. I'm wearing glasses right now. But she's got like the braided bang hair with bows in her hair. She's got like a schoolgirl-esque outfit on. Think like um, Christmas story. Yeah. Like those kind of outfits. Like a skirt, plaid sweater, like the, the high socks with, with the black, black shoes. Yeah. She's white again. Yes. Yeah, just looks a little bit, a little bit annoying. Yeah, she looks like a, a little bit of a know-it-all. <laughs> and we felt like that as children. She's a know-it-all. Yeah. I mean, her description says she's rude to people. Like It literally described on how many mm-hmm. times in stories she would be rude to other girls. Yeah. So, the fourth girl is Felicity Merriman, who was actually one of Hannah's dolls. Her line was started in 1991 to 2011, and she was brought back for a brief period of time from 2017 to 2019. She was created by Valerie Tripp and portrayed by Shailene Woodley in the movie that was about her, which I remember watching on TV. Mm -hmm. So, um, she was born in 1765, um, living in the 1770s in Williamsburg, Virginia, very, um, colonial revolution period. She's caught between the patriot and and loyalist family and friends at the beginning of the American Revolution. Themes in the book include loyalty and staying true to ideals. She's seen as spunky, brave, free-spirited, and outspoken, and fed up with customs young women, young women are expected to have at the time period. She loves horses. She's a horse She's a girl. horse bitch. She's a horse girl. And it's never outright said in her book, but it's implied that her family are slave owners. Like most people who lived in Virginia yes, in the, in the 1770s. 1770s. Yeah. So her outfit, um, she is a, a redheaded, auburn redheaded girl. I think she had green eyes. I think so. It's white. She has like a, a colonial looking dress. It's purple and white and it has some patterns on it. Yeah. Okay, so next we get um, Addie Walker. Um, Her real name is Aduke Walker. She was created in 1993 and is still a current doll. So she was created by Connie Porter. Um, So her character was born in 1855. And like Alyssa mentioned, she's a fugitive slave who escapes a plantation with her mother. But her and her mother arrive in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1864 during the American Civil War. Uh, Her stories have... Themes including freedom, familiar, fam- familial familial love, prejudice, racism. And she was the first African-American character created by American Girl. So her father and brother in the stories are sold. I think at some point her brother comes back to the family and I believe her father like dies or her uncle mm-hmm. dies. Um, a lot of her story revolves around longing for her family to be all reunited. Um, So she's seen as brave, loving, thoughtful, kind. She's willing to risk her safety for others. She's also seen as very intelligent, wanting to be a teacher when she grows up. And I read that she, like, teaches her, basically her whole family, how to read and write. Um, She's often upset with the injustices she witnesses and experiences, as you, you know, would imagine. Yes, yes. Um, So she was actually interesting, the first doll to have an advisory board for input on her character. So this is something that they started with her character and they would continue for other dolls, basically to try and get, I believe, more of like an accurate, authentic representation. Yeah. They brought in members from like people from historical societies, people from NAACP. Um, So she is dressed in like a 
pink lawn dress. I don't know what kind of style it is. Like it's um it's kind of like a petticoat looking yeah. style. Got some like black boots on, dark hair. I mean, obviously she's African American. Yeah, that's pretty much her her uh, appearance. Um, so the next doll is um, Josefina Montoya. She was released in 1997 and is currently still running. She was created by Valerie Tripp. Um, her character was born in 1815. She is a young Mexican girl living in 1824 in New Mexico with extended family. So before the book starts, her mother died, and her mother's sister, her aunt, eventually marries her father. So I guess her aunt becomes her mom. Yes. Her stepmom. stepmom. Um, she dreams of becoming a healer, like her grandmother, and themes include adjustment to loss, culture, and societal changes. Her family speaks Spanish, and words and phrases throughout the books are in Spanish, and she's described as being patient, thoughtful, and shy. So I know there's a, a name for this t- type of outfit, and I'm blinking and forgetting it, but it's like a long braid, um, like darker hair. She is um, Latina, Mexican, and she has a white kind of ruffly top dress with like a big poofy patterned purplish red skirt and uh, looks like little boots as well. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next is Kit Kitteridge. Um, her real name is Margaret Mildred Kitteridge, and she was created in 2000 and is still currently running in the line. So she was created by Valerie Tripp, and she was portrayed by Abigail Breslin in a movie. Her character was born in 1923 and lives in good old Cincinnati, Ohio during the Great Depression. Her family struggles after her father loses his job. Um, She's described as like a tomboy. She loves baseball. She loves to be outdoors. And she dreams of becoming a reporter. In her own words, she doesn't want to be a moocher. She doesn't like to take charity from others. She's fascinated with Amelia Earhart, which, you know, same. Yeah. She's stubborn, adventurous, clever. And her doll specifically, they had two different video games that were made. Hmm. This was one of my dolls. Yes. Loved her. Yes. She, so she's wearing like a, a, a skirt, like a flower skirt, and then she's got like a shirt and then like a little um, cardigan. cardigan on, like yeah. a purple cardigan with some little sandals maybe? Yeah, these little white sandals. Um, she's, she's white. She's got sh- like a short bob, blonde bob, blue eyes. She came with a little beanie hat too. Yes. Yes, she did. So the next girl is Kaya, who was released in 2002 and is still currently running. She's created by Valerie Tripp. She's born in 1755. Her full name is Kaya Atanami. I think it's Kaya Atanmai. Oh, Kaya Atanmai. She who arranges rocks. She's from the Nimipu tribe. Mm -hmm. It's an indigenous people of the plateau living in the northwest. Themes for her include leadership, compassion, courage, and attachment. She's described as being brave, outgoing, thoughtless, and wants to be a leader. Thoughtless? Yeah, they said that she a lot of times would would just come up with things and, and go with them without okay, really thinking gotcha. through Like, she it. doesn't think through her, right, her right. actions. Okay, I see. Their words, not mine. I see. Her role model is a female warrior named Swan Circling. Um, she was created in collaboration with a consult team, which included um, a representative from the Nimipu tribe. That's another with the advisory board. I believe also as well with um, uh, Josefina. Yes, they also had one yeah. for hers as well. She is wearing, she has two uh, long braids. Um, she's Native American. She has like dark, darker, like black hair. 
She has a, I mean, what I would describe is like an outfit that it's like a- Like a tribal. Like a tribal um, tan long dress. Um, Almost looks like moccasin-esque. It, yeah, it's material. kind of moccasin. It's like Pocahontas's outfit, but there's more to it. And she has no no feet. <laughs> she has no shoes on. She has no Her feet. character has no shoes. Sorry. I was just like, oh, feet. Next doll. Named Allie. So Alyssa had wrote down all the names of the dolls um, in a Google Docs. And I the other night I was trying to get information on them. And I kept searching for Allie. <laughs> and I could not find her. Searched for 20 minutes. And then I realized that Alyssa had a doll named Allie that was, you could model dolls after yourself. Yep. So this is a doll that was modeled after Alyssa. It was created sometime around 2002, 2003. She's I, not sure. I got it for my birthday either in second or third grade, and I can't remember. But essentially, my mom didn't think that I was ready for a real American Girl doll. So she was like, okay, you can have this one. See how it goes. And if it goes well, then you could have a real one. And I noted that it cannot, I could not believe how fucking long it took me to look for this doll before I realized she would not come up because she is not a historical figure. Uh, yeah, she's not a historical figure. Um, just for a descriptor's case, she was a white, blonde, blue-eyed girl with bangs. The only thing, when I got this doll, you couldn't not get bangs. They had to, they, they didn't make dolls without bangs. So even though I didn't have bangs, my doll had bangs. Um, but otherwise looked similar to my physical description so so next doll is uh named kaylee hopkins who was the girl of the year for 2003 and was sold from 2003 to 2004 this was one of my dolls which is why she is included on this list she was created by amy goldman Koss, born in 1993 she's a true cali girl avid swimmer and surfer um, she engineers a protest to protect tide pools from development. Her father is a painter and her mother is a marine microbiologist. We love to see it. She's described as being courageous, compassionate, athletic, and creative, and she becomes an environmental activist. I wanted her because of because of her look. So she's um, white. She has like bleach blonde hair, blue eyes. She has braids. Like she has two long braids in the front. She has this kind of like light blue shorter dress it's kind of almost looks like a swim cover it kind of looks like a swim cover she also has these cool like um tan sandals uh she, i think she came with this like little uh bag this little like uh looks like a, a beach bag and a surfboard just look like the california look is what i'll say like the surfer look so next we get elizabeth cole who is from the historical line best friends she was uh, made in 2004 and ran until 2011. So she was created by Valerie Tripp, and she was portrayed in a movie by Katie Henney. Born in 1765, and she is Felicity's best friend. So she's seen as, like, quiet, shy. Um, she's wealthy. They have a large home. She wears fancy clothing. Her family is originally from England, and they arrive in America in 1774. Um, they're loyalists, so... During the story, she finds it hard to fit in with the colonies since they're against yes, England. England and her family yeah. is loyal to England. So she's you know, uh, white skin, blonde hair. It very It is a very fancy, like, dress. Like Yeah, she also, she has little curls in her hair. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's in a ponytail. It's like a, almost like a princess gown. Yeah. It's like bodice with lace, like, in the front. It's pink. And the cuffs are kind of, like, ruffly. Yes. Um, I think she's wearing some sort of sandal slash. I think they're, like, white shoes. Okay. 
if I remember correctly. Okay. It's hard to tell. But yes. All right. The next girl is Nellie O'Malley, who is of the historical line Best Friends Collection. She was run, uh, released from 2004 to 2009. This was one of Hannah's dolls, which is why it was included. So it's created by Valerie Tripp and Susan S. Adler, portrayed by Kelsey Lewis in the movie. Portrayed by Kelsey Lewis in the movie, she is Samantha's best friend. She is born in 1895. She is an Irish immigrant and essentially a child worker, um, child labor and abuse. Her parents die, and so she lives with a relative who she becomes abandoned by and eventually is adopted by Samantha's aunt and uncle. She's described as being practical, protective of her younger sister, and handy. So her outfit is um, a lot more simple than Samantha's. She has like a kind of short red bob with bangs and blue eyes. She's got a big bow in her hair. It's kind of like this pale blue, like, I would describe it more more simple, mm-hmm. but kind of like high collar. It's got like a big sash on it. She's got like white tights and black sandal uh, shoes to go along with it. Okay, so the next doll is Julie Albright. She was created in 2007 and is still a current doll. So she was created by Megan McDonald and Susan... McGalley? 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 Mm-hmm. So she was portrayed twice. In f- and I think one was a short film and the other one was like a direct-to-TV movie. So once by Ju- Jolie Ledford and another time by Hannah Nord- Nordberg. <laughs> Hannah Nordberg. So she was born in 1966 in San Francisco, California. She grows up... Uh, it's in the mid-70s. Her book focuses a lot on the changes and societal upheavals in American society during that time period. So it deals with divorce. She's actually the first character portrayed from a divorced family. It deals with feminism, gender equality, environmentalism, and disability rights. So she's seen as sort of like a fun-loving, happy-spirited, I imagine sort of like a hippie, what you yes. classify as like a hippie. So she's always trying to make the best of situation. She's a basketball player, and I read one of her storylines deals with being offended because she's not allowed to join the basketball team at school since it's an all-boys mm. team. I see. Right. So she is got, like, the, uh, what are those? Uh, bell-bottom. Yeah, bell-bottom jeans, like, the wide-flow leg. She's got, like, the white... Like, um, peasant kind of top. Yeah, with the, the belt, and she's got, like, a... They look like sandals. Okay, it's like sandals. She's got, you know, blonde hair. Um, She's white. She's got, like, a braid coming down her side of her hair. Giving Mm -hmm. me good vibes. So the last girl is named Rebecca Rubin. Um, She was created in 2009 and is still currently available. She's created by Jacqueline Dembar-Green. She was born in 1905, is a Russian Jewish, Jewish girl living in New York City. Her parents immigrated from Russia. She aspires to be an actress despite her family's disapproval. She's described as being thoughtful, generous, and lively. She struggles with fitting in with mainstream American culture, and her family speaks Yiddish, which was included in her books. Yeah, the interesting thing I read about that, like that and um, the Spanish, the one, uh, who was it? Um, Josefina. Josefina. They had in the back, they had like the translations mm-hmm. for certain words, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Like that you could, you know, kind of figure them out. So... Is she not the girl from Willy Wonka? <laughs> she does look a lot like... What's um, her name? Don't care how I want it now. Veruca? Veruca. No. No, um, yeah. Veruca, darling. Yeah. Basically, it's the girl who um gets the golden egg and, like, falls into the, the, the weight pit, and her dad, like, owns a chocolate factory kind yes. of deal. Uh, brunette, like, kind of curly, mid-length hair... 
She's got kind of like this red and black like petticoat kind of jacket. She's got these like looks like white and black boots and like black tights, I think. Very stylish. Yeah, she yeah. is. One of the more stylish dolls. I agree. But yeah, so those are the girls. Those are the players. Those are the players. Just 14. Yes. 14 of, of many. We were like, we can't do all of them. No. Don't have the time or the energy to do it. I could start. Okay. If you want. Okay. So number 14, I put Allie. Um, so solely because it's just based on me and I'm not a historically important figure. And also, like, there's no story. There's no background. I don't even remember what outfit she came in, to be honest. Like, I have no memory. So just not very important or impactful. So just out of principle, I had to put myself as last. All right. I'm glad you put yourself last because I also put you last. Um, okay. No offense, but the same thing. There's no story to go off of. And it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the girls, like, theme-wise. Because yes. sort of how I did my ranking was to deal with their background their story. Yeah. And so I d- couldn't put you any higher. Yeah, I kind of did a mix of, like, their background, their story, their look. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just my own personal biases, which is why I have Molly as number 13. So she just, even when I was a kid... I thought Molly looked like, like, that was the doll I would have wanted the least. She just looked like a know-it-all. She, like, seemed really snooty and, like, stuck up. And, like, that's not a vibe I'm here for or was here for as a child. Even in her descriptor, it's like she's mean. She's, like, fiendish. Wasn't that one of the words? Like, scheming? She's a schemer. Schemer. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I just, everything about her is just, like, this is a bias for my childhood. And um, because of that, she has to go near the bottom. Yeah, I put Molly's 13. I said, girl, straight up sucks. She reminds me of <laughs> in elementary school. Yeah. You know how I felt about her? I She reminds me of um Okay. Um, yeah, she just seems like the type of girl I never would have wanted to be friends with. The girls that annoyed me growing up. And um, her description does not help me in any bit. No. So, number 12, I put Felicity. I think, like, I don't know what it is about the colonial time period that I just, like, don't really relate to a lot. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like it gets very whitewashed in a way. It's never outright said that her family owns slave, but you could kind of come to that conclusion. And the fact that it's just, like, her story and background and also she's a horse girl and, like, that... That already has points against her. I'm sorry. I like I've ridden horses. I like horses, but like, if her whole life is a horse, then you know I can't I can't relate to that. I don't relate to her, and I don't. She's just kind of boring in that way. That's why she's there. Yeah, she's number twelve for me as well. I can't get over the fact that at some point in her life, she most likely would have been a slave owner. Yeah, just because she was born into that family. Yes. Again, like, I can't relate. She doesn't really seem like she's had many hardships in her life. And most likely probably wouldn't have too many hardships in her life. Yeah. Um, It's hard to relate to someone, especially, I agree with you. Like, that time period for me is, like, just a lot of, like, feelings about it and not many in, in good light. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's not really a connection there for me at all. I don't really feel any sympathy for her. So for similar reasons, I put Elizabeth as number 11. Well, I think one of her outfits one of the best. Like, I love her look, the style, the, like, the outfit is why I got her. Why I wanted her is because I thought she looked so, like, her outfit looked so cool. I'm not, like, a, like, a really a, that much of a pink person, but I, like, it, it's, like, a, a really nice looking dress. But for similar reasons for Felicity, I just don't think her story is very interesting. And she just is, like, boring. Like, there's not anything there that 
me as a child would like find a connection with and like want to empathize with kind of deal. (laughs) You're gonna be mad. Number 11, I put Samantha. Okay. I'm not mad. I didn't know a lot about Samantha's backstory. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize she was an orphan and like grew up with her grandmother and you know uncle and all that. I think she has an interesting story but ever since I was a kid she gave me a bad vibe. I don't know what it was about Samantha. I could not stand her. She seemed like one of those girls who's had a hard upbringing but also like seemed like she had privilege. She lived with like a privileged family and so in that regard I'm like I don't I don't know what it was. Like I feel bad that she lost her parents obviously but like she just always gave me a bad bad vibe just looking in her eyes. <laughs> remember looking in her beady eyes and I yeah. was like, this girl's giving me bad vibes. Yeah, so for number 10, I have Julie, who is the um, 70s women's rights activist girl. I don't think there's anything wrong with her. This isn't a doll. We we kind of were phased out by the time she came out. Like she was released in, in 2007 and that's kind of when we were like phasing out and I think it's, like, an interesting time period, and, like, she seems cool, but I just don't think she's super interesting in comparison to some of the other girls. But I don't think there's anything wrong with her. There's no vendetta. There's no personal vendetta against her. Yeah, number 10, I went with Elizabeth. I agree with everything you said. I just don't have feelings towards her. She seems like someone who just has grown up in a wealthy family, and her description was really just that she was quiet and shy, which, you know, as was I as a child. Mm -hmm. And she also was, like, a best friend edition, so maybe right. that's what it was. I just didn't yeah. have that connection to her. So, you know, she got 10. Um, so number nine, I did Nellie. And I think it's kind of for a similar reason with you saying that it's, like, the best friend line. So, like, Nellie was an extension of Samantha. Her thing being, like, abandonment, child labor, child abuse is really, you know, it's very heavy source material. And she has a cool look. I always liked her, like, shorter, kind of short hair, red bob, and, like, outfit going on. But I think maybe because she's, like, a a friend and not, like, a main focus, I feel like she just doesn't have as much um, punch as some of the other girls do. Okay, number nine, I did uh, Rebecca. Mostly for the reason because I don't know much about her character. You know, it's interesting getting a character whose, like, parents disapprove of what they want to do with their Mm -hmm. life. I think that's interesting and... She, I think she was the only Jewish yes. so character. I, when I was reading stuff, there is another character who is Jewish, I think, because they mentioned, like, her brothers having a bar mitzvah, but it's not, like, like it's it not wasn't, like part of her story. It wasn't part really. of her story or part of her identity being Jewish. So I think this is, like, yeah, the first doll that had that be part of her character. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. interesting. I think the whole idea of trying to, like, being, like, an immigrant, trying to fit into mainstream America is, is a good idea as well. Um, but it's just simply for the fact that I don't feel much of a connection because I don't know a lot about her character. Mm-hmm. So number eight, I have Addie. I feel a little conflicted that the first african-american doll they create is a slave you can certainly make the argument that that is a big part of american history is that majority of african-americans in america in that time period were slaves or you know have ties to slavery but i just like and i think her story is very important and from what i saw it seems like very they did think about it and had people and consulted with it i just feel like i don't know I'm just conflicted about that, and so I think that's why she's in the middle. I think her character seems, yeah, seems very interesting and seems very well thought out and portrayed, but I had some conflicting thoughts over, like, the fact that it was the first doll. Yeah. Um, so number eight, I went with Kirsten. 
which she was one of my dolls, like one of the ones that I loved. And I do really like her as a doll, but I think if you go into her backstory, I don't know if there's enough there for me to keep it interesting. She's similar to Rebecca in that it's like trying to assimilate with this American culture and trying to fit in in a society that's like not what you're used to and not what you've grown up in. So I think that because she doesn't have like a huge enough backstory, it kind of makes me have to put her mid-pack in my opinion. So number seven, I did Kirsten. Yeah. Um, so for similar reasons. I always really liked her the Little House on the Prairie design, but I agree with you that I don't think her story, because I remember I remember reading her book, and it's just kind of, it, it basically just feels like Little House on the mm-hmm. Prairie, um, with, with the addition of her being, like, trying to assimilate to learning English, right. these American, you know, the American way of things coming from another country. Um, but I think it's just kind of... Um, plain. I think she's just kind of a plain character. I can understand also because she's one of the original dolls that, you know, they maybe weren't as intense or as tackling more heavy issues at that point in time that they would continue to do further along the line. Yeah, so number seven, I had Julie. Um, I actually really like her design. Like, I love her doll design. Mm -hmm. I think she looks like interesting she looks cool i also like that she gets topics that maybe other dolls didn't get because of the time period the 70s was very much sort of the shift like in like terms of like women's like movements it was very much like a new wave of feminism and a lot of like issues that had been pushed under the rug were being brought up for the first time and so i like getting that i like how they had like disability rights and i like that she sort of wants to Like, her whole, like, wanting to be a basketball player on an all-male team, like, she wants to kind of push those boundaries. And so I think it's easier to relate to someone who is more from our time period. Yeah. Where some of these girls are from, like, the 1800s, 1700s. Like, I can't relate to a girl from the 1700s. But I can kind of relate to a girl from the 70s because a lot of these issues are still ongoing at this point. So it feels more personal. Like, hits harder. Right. So, um, number six, I have Samantha. And while I can agree, she seems, like, very stuck up and has that kind of attitude. But I think that's why I like her is because she has attitude. And you don't really get that kind of personality with these girls a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You were showing me a video where Anna Kendrick had a teeth, uh, t- t- a tweet. <laughs> Anna Kendrick had a tweet where she just said, um, Samantha, the American girl doll seems like a bitch. Don't at me. And I'm like, yeah, she does kind of have like that bitchy energy. Yeah. She's orphaned. Like her parents died. She comes from an affluent family and like is privileged. You know, she's like a snooty, like I'm a, I want to vote. I'm a woman. And she's like, that. sometimes that's the voice you need at that time. So I can respect her. I can respect her attitude and her, and her style. Even though I had her and I wouldn't pick her as an adult, I can respect that. Number six, I went with Nellie. I think it's a bit biased because I had Nellie as a doll. But I also think she's got like a really interesting story. Like she's literally an orphan. She's a child laborer, essentially. She's taking care of her younger sister's. Like, I give her a lot of credit for that, and I think the reason I feel more maybe sympathy for her than Samantha is because she kind of, she didn't have that family to fall back on. The only reason she gets brought into Samantha's family is because they become friends and she becomes, like, adopted later on. But she did have to, like, kind of claw her way to keep her family going. So I think that gives her 
maybe more of the sympathy factor in my mind. So for number five, I put Rebecca. I like, well, one, I love her design. If she had come out, I think that's a doll that I would have picked just solely based on her design. And I also think it's really cool that it focuses on that she's Jewish and that, you know, her parents immigrated and she's trying to fit in with like the American custom and her family speaking Yiddish and, you know, that being part of like her identity. I just think this is something that I would have really liked to have as a, as a child. If it had come out a few years earlier, I think I would have really liked to, you know, just to, it's a little more modern. So there's more to relate to. And it's just like an experience that I wouldn't be familiar with. And just to understand and maybe know more about it, I think is, is part of what the dolls try to do is try to be like, here's this time period. We'll give you like an age appropriate account from a young girl in this time period. And so I think that this would have made me interested in like that early 1900 large, um, you know, American melting pot immigration going on at the time. It's actually interesting Interesting because I keep mentioning how I can't feel like I can relate to these characters, yeah. but I also feel like at the same time it was trying to kind of show you, you're not going to be able to under fully understand like what yeah. that would have been like, but it can kind of give you like a picture of what it was. So that yes. is interesting. Yeah. Okay, number five, I went with Kaylee. Gotta love her being an environmental like warrior. I loved her surfboard. I thought it was so cool that she came with a surfboard. I love the look of her doll. Like, I remember when Alyssa got her, like, I was slightly jealous because I was, like, I just loved her character. And she's one of the only dolls, I think, that maybe one of the only ones, I think maybe Julie was a little bit, who, like, focuses on the environmentalism aspect, which I know you dig, so I figured she'd be high up on your list. Uh, But I think it's important. I think that's one of those topics that recently has come into light a lot, but it's one of those topics that for so long just keeps getting pushed under the rug because either people don't believe it's real or because it's, like, there's more important things, which I'm not saying that... Other topics aren't important, but, you know, it is something that I think it's nice to see a young girl, like, she reminds me of uh, Greta... Greta uh, Gunberg. Yes. Greta Gunberg, yes. So it's cool to see, like, a character like that who, you know, represents that sort of part of... History? (laughs) Part of history or part of the movement. Um, So, yeah, number four, I put Kaylee. I remember, because they always, like, would premiere the girl of the year in the magazine... I remember when I saw her, I thought she was, like, so cool. Mm -hmm. Like, her design was so cool. She had a surfboard. Her whole thing is, like, environmentalism and conservation and science. And that was what I was really into. And plus, I liked... I liked that she had style and, like, was made to be pretty. Because I feel like a lot of the time, there's this, like, perception that, like, women in science aren't fashionable and aren't like put together and or if you are put together and like that you're not smart it's like the the legally blonde thing where it was like nice to have that at that age where I was like like dressing up and like clothes and dresses and things but I also loved like outdoors and nature and science and so I really connected with her and everything else that you said yeah just like having this seeing a a young woman in this kind of role being like let's save the environment was very cool for me and it's a bit more modern too like she's would be two years older than me so Mm -hmm. it was cool to see that okay so number four i have addy and i feel the same way as you where i felt very conflicted but i kind of think that was a time period they're going for i think it's important not to like gloss over stuff from the past and 
I, I feel more confident because they had an advisory board and because the creator of the doll was black, was African-American. A thing that kind of concerns me about some of these dolls, this, this Valerie Tripp mm-hmm. has created a lot of the dolls and she is, I believe, white. Mm-hmm. And some of the dolls she's created are not white. Yeah. I kind of wish that the main creator would have been someone who was of that background yes. of that like uh, like culture ethnicity, like ethnicity culture, because yeah. I think that is important. Mm-hmm. I do know that they had the advisory board, so you know that kind of helps. Right. Um, but I think with Addie, it's like I think it's an important story to tell. I think it's yeah. important for young girls to be exposed to the things that are like almost uncomfortable to talk about but need to be talked about because it's like if you you know forget history you're doomed to repeat it that stuff like that kind of thing i'm like the the same with you though it's like because she was the first doll like is it i don't know i don't know how i feel about that so well i was like looking up some things um in regards to like dolls of different ethnicities and races and things there are have been three african-american dolls one of the the dolls created, I think she was either the second or the third, was based out of Detroit. It's a you know move, a girl and her family moved from Alabama to Detroit during Motown, mm. and like tackles you know issues with that time period in Detroit, and like I think that's great. You know that is a great like time period, and definitely there was a lot going on, and it's almost like I kind of wish maybe that was first maybe or something a bit more modern but i understand like it is a very important and very real thing that happened here's here's my my thought process on this now every doll we bought was white i was actually having this conversation with my roommate where i was like i almost feel in a way like guilty that we only ever got white dolls but she was saying she's like well that's what you saw representing yourself i wonder if I, I mean, I can't speak for who buys what dolls, but I feel like a lot of girls would relate to a doll who looks like them. Mm-hmm. So if you have an African-American doll who is a slave, is it then, I don't know, like, like it's re- representing you, but it's also like, that seems a little weird, right? But like, it's also like she came from slavery and was able to like do all these things, right. like teach her whole family how to read and write. Yeah. And so it's like, I also think it's important to show like younger black girls right strengths like seeing that they can overcome like and like that they don't have like there's always like this like it's almost like the way the media portrays people is like that they're like uneducated and like not smart like it's gotten better but like i feel like that's how it was when we were younger yeah and so i think it's important to have that but yeah it's it's because when the doll came out, it was 1993. So it's 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 kind of like mixed for me because it's like I think it's important, but people buying this in 1993, I don't know. Like, it's like it was a, it was a different time. Like I don't like at least when I was a kid, issues within other races and ethnicities wasn't really front and center like we didn't talk we didn't talk besides what you learned in school which is very whitewashed it's yeah so it's like we didn't have exposure to those issues you know and um, problems and when this doll was released so i just you know i guess i have to think about it from the perspective of when it was released which would be the 90s and not modern day and also looking at it from like our perspective right. as white as yes. woman like right 
and also knowing that there, there was controversy over this. Like, it's kind of a shame that, like, books we were reading with the dolls were, like, white perspectives. Yeah. Like, it's almost a shame yeah. that we didn't get a bit of a mix. I think it's kind of what your roommate was saying, where yeah. it's, like, that's who we felt like we could relate to because yeah. that's who... The people that looked like us. Right. Because I didn't know some of these stories because no. we just didn't have the dolls. We yeah. didn't read the book. So I don't know. But anyway, she's number four. After that tangent. Yeah, after that tangent. Um, so number three, I have Kaya. See, this is a kind of a different thing where knowing that there was an advisor who was from the um, like the Native American indigenous group that they were portraying her as with like from the tribe. Like, I think that's really important. And like, I... I like to see that, to know that they're trying to portray her as accurately as possible. I think her story is really interesting. I think having a character like this is really important and, like, you know, good to see. I know there's a real lack of, like, Native American and, like, indigenous, specifically women in, like, modern, you know, mainstream, you know, television, movies, uh, music, all of that. And also... There is a huge issue with domestic violence and murder and abuse among indigenous and, and native women. So I know that's not related to the American Girl story of Kaya, but I just think it's important to yeah have representation like this and for people to see it and also portrayed in a non-racist manner because I know that is a huge issue and was a huge issue previously is having these like really racial stereotypical perceptions of Native American and people like that. So I think it's important in full and like well researched and well like like an accurate accurate portrayal. Yes, yeah. an accurate portrayal of that time period. Yeah. Yeah. Number three I went with uh Josefina. So I think her story is actually pretty interesting. Like, her mom dies before the books even start. And so essentially, she's basically having to, like, pick up that sort of role in a way. And I know her father does get remarried, and so she technically has, like, a stepmom. But, I mean, she wants to be, like, a healer. Like, that shit is awesome. I think that... I love her look. I love her Mm -hmm. outfit. I think that her story, because I was reading a lot about sort of the the area they were living in at the time was like under Mexican rule. And so a lot of her story revolves around like um, this sort of like cultural slash like political conflict at that time and sort of like adjusting to this different society and dealing with grief and loss of a loved one and sort of having to become this caretaker in a way for her family i just think it's interesting and i wish this that's one of the dolls i wish we would have had as a kid Mm -hmm. uh yeah i put josefina as number two and i agree i agree with like everything i always like i think her look is really really cool and i like like i like her design her story is really interesting having like her mom already be dead before the story starts and her coping and grieving with this as well as having her aunt her new like her stepmom and her dad remarrying and um, just the conflicts of the time period and I agree I think it's a doll that I wish that we had gotten as kids because I think like her story would have been really interesting and just like also her style is really cool too so I'm about that outfit (laughs) all right number two is Kaya meaning we have the same number one which not shocked um I love her story I love that like she's inspired by a female warrior like 
I love that. That's amazing. I love that she wants to be a leader. I think it's important because, like you were saying, especially, like, women in, like, Native American tribes and, like, indigenous people, they're often, like, forgotten in mainstream American society. And so I like that you get a girl like her and someone who, you know, is courageous, who makes mistakes, but is also, like, it's okay, you know, it's, like, okay to make mistakes. I don't think it's wrong for characters, or for, um, I guess, characters. And also, they're young girls, too. Yeah. And you're, you make mistakes at that age. Right, you, you do. And errors. that's, I think it's important for girls to know that. Um, yeah, I like her look. I, I love her outfit. Yeah. Just love her. Yeah, so, um, number one is Kit Kitteridge. And this is interesting, because I don't necessarily think she has, like, a super intense really conflict background like yes she's growing up during the great depression and that was a really eventful like difficult time for people but you know it's not like she's dealing with slavery or you know death of family members and things like that but she's basically nancy drew and i can't not love that like her style is great i love that she has this cute little blonde bob that i've i've tried a time or two in my life and can never make it look that good i like that she wants to be a reporter and she's like observant and a tomboy and you know is very loves Amelia Earhart and she just like has these dreams and aspirations that I think are really great to see in like a young girl like it doesn't have to be like you don't have to want to be something like she doesn't want to be a scientist she doesn't want to be like you know break into that mold but I think like she has her own an adventurous spirit and she goes for what she wants and I think that's good to see I like to see that in a character and I always was jealous because I wanted Kit, so. Yeah, number one was Kit. It was always going to be Kit. She was my favorite doll. It's interesting because, like you said, her character is not necessarily that unique in the struggle she faces because everyone during the Great Depression was pretty much struggling for the most part. So there was a lot of families that were in this exact position. But I think that I related the most to her. Um, I was very much like a tomboy growing up. I, you know, loved sports. I loved, like, we love to be outside. And I think it's cool, like you said, that she wants to be a reporter. Like, she almost, in a way, to me, is, like, realistic realism, in a way, because she doesn't have, like, these grand dreams that are, like, unreachable, unattainable. I love Amelia Earhart, too. <laughs> like, she's great. She seems simple, but not mm-hmm. simple in a boring way, simple in a way that feels easy for me, and especially me as a child, to relate to. That's, again, like, saying, like, we bought the dolls that we felt reflected us. Like, this would have been the doll that I think reflected both of us pretty well based off of our childhood. Not that we lived through a Great Depression. Right, but, but yes. And not that we were from Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> we overlook that, you know? there's yes. There are great people from Ohio. Kit Kitteridge is one of them. Yes. No other names. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she yeah. was like from the Midwest. Like it it feels relatable in a way that didn't go through her exact experience, but just in terms of like her personality and her sort of her style and everything like mm-hmm. that, I relate. Plus I loved her beanie. Yeah, the beanie, the hat was cool. Not really a, cool not a lot of the dolls came with hats, yeah. so. Same number one. Same number one. Not that, totally shocked. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. We had like relatively similar yeah, we did in, in, at points. There were some differences. Yeah, let's run through. Go yeah. through your list. And then. So, for my ranking, uh, number 14, I have Allie. Then I have Molly, Felicity, Elizabeth, Julie, Nellie, Addie, Kristen, Samantha, Rebecca, Kaylee, Kaya, Josefina, and Kit Kitteridge. 
I had to put her full name. Yes. Number 14, I had Allie, then Molly, Felicity, Samantha, Elizabeth, Rebecca, Kirsten, Julie. I said Kristen. Yeah, you did say Kristen. Damn it. Uh, Nellie, Kaylee, Addie, Josefina, Kaya, and then Kit Kitteridge, a.k.a. Margaret, Margaret Mildred, Mildred <laughs> But yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. You know, I feel like I actually, that was more thoughtful than I thought it was going to be originally. Yeah. Well, I think because you have to take into account that they're, like, they wanted it to be more than just dolls. They wanted it to be, like, a person. Like, this is a person, a fictional person who existed in this time period. So you have to create this background and their issues and struggles and I think that that aspect is really cool. And I, I always thought that was, you know, in, in reflection, I think it's maybe that's why we liked American Girls dolls a lot is because they had their own personalities and their own stories. And then, because, you know, like we, we, <laughs> we had like made up our own stories. Like Hannah and I had an ongoing story where we were married. Um, I don't know why you couldn't be a girl too. I think we weren't progressive enough for us to be lesbians, you know, <laughs> with children. We had to, you know, Hannah had to be the dad. Um, but, you know, like, we blended our family Brady Bunch style, you know, and we had, like, elaborate stories, and I think that is important to have. It's interesting because you could build off of their stories. Yeah. Like, with other dolls we had, you basically were just making everything up from scratch, but right. with these, like, they actually had these stories, and so you could kind of take their personalities and stories and create off of that, which I think is cool. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that's American Girls. It's American Girls. Um, if anybody is a Molly fan. Yeah. Out of all of my friends, I can't remember a single person having Molly. Like, I don't know who was buying her. <laughs> I, I No, I'm serious. Like, I don't remember any of my friends having Molly. Like, I remember I had a friend who had um, Josefina. I had a friend who had Kaya. A variety of other ones, but yeah, not Molly. But yeah, if you're a Molly fan, let us know. Yeah, please let us know. I want to know what you see in her. Yes. Um, if you like Molly, let us know. If you hate Molly, join the club. If you somehow hate Kit Kitteridge, um, please tell me why you hate Nancy Drew, and I'll come at you. We have a, we, we we need to talk. Yes. Uh, you can reach us on email. We have our Instagram, our Twitter. Uh, still no website. No website. Still no website. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's it for now. Um, next time we will be going back to our music. Yeah. Having a nice little, uh a musical time little musical session little little surprises here and there maybe maybe some mystery albums hmm 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 okay bye bye we would like to thank joseph mcdade for our intro music he provides free music available for all kinds of creative use the song that we used is called sunrise expedition and you can find it and his other music on his website josephmcdade.com If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's R, the number three, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat.